Good morning and welcome to Water and Stone. My name is Dieter Randolph and I'm so glad that you're back with us again. This is week two of our exploration of the Bible. I've been calling it Sunday School because that's what it is. This is a classroom uh, deep dive into how to read this book and in reading it, how to change our lives. Now, you have a chance to go back and watch uh, last week where we talked about uh, the creation stories in Genesis, and there's a lot of great stuff in there, and I'm really excited to, to keep working on that stuff with you. But we've got some new things to talk about today, so let's get right into it with our opening prayer. God is and I am. I stand on holy ground. Right here and right now there is truth. Right here and right now there is freedom. Right here and right now there is life. This is who I am. I am ready. From now on I speak the truth. From now on I choose freedom. From now on this is my life. The unstoppable love of God prepares the way. I am ready. And so it is and so it does. Amen. So this is week two. Last week we talked about the two creation stories in the beginning of Genesis. And today we're going to be talking about Genesis chapter 6, verse 9, through chapter 9, verse 17. This is about Noah and the flood. Now, you know that story. It's a popular Sunday school situation. You know, there's songs about it, Arky Arky and all that. There's, there's a lot that you know. And if you've dug a little bit deeper into the story, whether you've done that here at Water and Stone or through your own work or reading or whatever, you know that it's also a story about cleansing. Last time we had a story about creation. This is a story about cleansing. It's a story about our role in this process. It's a story about cosmology. In other words, the explanation of where rainbows come from. And so we have that sort of a tradition within our tradition as well. But it's also about something that might be a little bit more surprising. All of those other things I said are important and meaningful in their own way. All of those things can be life-altering. Really, really, they can. But this other thing, and we'll get to what it is in a minute, there's this other deeper meaning that I think is really going to maybe surprise you, but will definitely change things for you as we go forward. So, as we get into this, I want to remind you as an overall Bible note, Remember with me that there is no time in God. This is really important. There is no time in God. For God, it's always right now. And in the truth about you, it's always right now. Everything is happening right now. Now, in your experience, life feels very linear, right? And so it's okay to read the story A to B. It's okay to go through the steps of creation like we talked about last week. It's okay to do that. But for God, there's no steps. For God, there is always right now. And that means that every single story in the Bible is happening right now in and through you. There's a part of you that's going through that creation story. There's a part of you that's going through the flood and everything that happens after it. And your job is to tap into the part that needs your TLC, that needs your attention right now, and go with it. There is only the holy now. That's important. So, before we get into it, I want to read a passage from Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. And this is before we really see the, the big narrative start, but it's sort of setting the stage. And the basic idea is that 
It's been a while since Adam and Eve and the whole creation thing, and they've had a chance to do things right and had a chance to mess some things up, and some things have been messed up. And <laughs> you know how that is. Life can be that spiral where if you have a bad idea, because you will name a thing and that's what it will be for you, just like last week, if you have a bad idea, it's easy to have a bad experience. And if you have a bad experience, uh, sometimes it's a little easier to have a bad idea. And if you have a bad idea, it can be easier to have a bad experience. And so it's not too hard to get into that downward spiral. Nobody's punishing you. It's a self-punishing phenomenon, right? You've been there. But the moment you change your mind about it, things can start to spiral in the other direction. You know about that. And this is kind of what this is a story about. But as we join our story, we're at the basement of this downward spiral where bad ideas have led to bad experiences and all of that. And so I want to read you Genesis 6-5, just a part of it. Every intent, that word intent is really important. We'll be back to it in a minute. Every intent of the thoughts of his heart, of humanity, Every intent of the thoughts of humanity's heart was only evil continually. Every intent of the thoughts of humanity's heart was only evil continually. Genesis 6-5. Every intention that people had was a negative intention. That's the thing to come away with it. Now, some Bible translations don't even use the word intent. They use imagination. Now, remember with me that as we talked about that power of imagination in the days of creation, getting that, that image is what can create the next experience for you. So if your intent or your imagination is negative, it's hard to have a positive result, right? That's how this works. And the thing is that we have learned in our own lives that sooner or later, something big enough happens to short circuit that spiral. Isn't that an amazing thing? No matter what, whether we just get over it and we finally go, you know what, I've decided I'm not going to have a bad idea as a result of that bad experience. I'm going to have a good idea. And you can start to reverse that flow. You can do it that way. Or, and both ways have happened for me, and maybe they have for you too, or things can get so bad that something dramatic happens and you go, you know what, I got nothing else to lose. I'm over this. Either way, this amazing reversal, this, this cleansing has to happen. And that's what this is a story about. Continual negative intention cannot stand any more than you can uh, wage a war against gravity. We talked about that last time. So it's time for a cleansing. And just like I said, this is all happening in the eternal holy right now. And there's a part of you that knows that there's some part of your life that could use a cleansing. Your job is just to pick up the signs, you know, to pay attention. Oh, wait a minute. I don't need to do this awful, gross thing anymore. It's time for a cleansing. Now, enter Noah. Noah can pick up on the signs. Why? Because Noah, it says in the Bible, walks with God. In other words, every part of his life involves a spiritual concern. Every part of his life, he is never forgetting that God is part of this, that he is made in the image and after the likeness, that, that what he does is a part of this eternal holy flow. In some way, Noah is at peace with this holy now. That's his deal. And in fact, Noah's name means calm. It means peace. 
So Noah is in it. And because he is at peace with the fact that God's in charge, he walks with God. It makes him the kind of person who can see the signs, who is receptive to the message. And you know what the message is. God goes, okay, it's going to rain. Right now you remember from Sunday school. And here is the story where God says, Noah, I want you to build this ark, this incredibly huge boat. And I want you to fill it with, with two of every kind of animal and all of that. I want you to get your family in it and get your food together and all of that. You know, by twosies, twosies, as some Bible translations might say. I want you to get everything into the ark. It's interesting, isn't it, in the middle of the Sunday school moment, that this is not Noah's plan. This is God's plan. This is important. I think so often we can get to the Noah moment where we go, okay, something's got to give, something's got to happen, there's got to be a cleansing here, but it's so easy to go, okay, what am I going to do about it? Instead of going, what would God do about it? It's so easy to have that misstep happen where we start listening to our ego and you know where that can get you. Instead of going, okay, what would God do? What's the divine idea versus the human idea about this? The ark is God's plan. This whole story is about getting out of the way. In fact, maybe every story is in a way. But so God furnishes the plans for this ship. And the overall message is, I am going to return everything to the unexpressed potential. Remember, that's what water means, right? That's the ongoing theme. I am going to turn everything back into its potential so we can start over. This is like when you get on the phone with tech support and they tell you to reboot. This is the great reboot, right? And that's what happens. And when you are in that situation where you're walking with God enough to see the signs when they appear to you, and when you're smart enough, spiritually speaking, to go, not my plan, but what's God's plan, the next step is, God says, take what you want to reproduce in your life and love it, protect it, put it in the boat, and I'll take care of the rest. Isn't that interesting? One of the key lessons, one of the things to write down is that God provides the cleansing. You don't have to do that. How much of your life right now is focused on making sure that bad people get punished? People who disagree with you. I'm going to prove them wrong in this conversation on Facebook or whatever. I'm going to make sure that that guy knows he cut me off in traffic by giving him the look. You know the look. I've given the look before. You have too. But... How often do you feel like you have to provide the cleansing in ways big and small? But that's not what happens. If you're walking with God, you recognize that God does that part. Your job is to figure out what you want to have more of in your life and get that in the ark of your heart. That's your job description. Now, I want to be very clear. This doesn't mean that you're supposed to ignore oppression, that you're supposed to let bullies continue to be bullies. We'll learn more about that stuff when we get to the Jesus part. But for right now, I want to remind you that this doesn't mean acting like the hurt doesn't hurt. This doesn't mean acting like the, the bullies aren't bullies. This doesn't mean that. And I say that because lots of us have, have heard somebody say, if you were more spiritual, you'd let me clobber you. 
because that's my nature. I'm in touch with my shadow self or some other malarkey. There's no shadow self. You're made in the image and likeness of God. That's a cop-out. Be good. That's all. We're going to grow out of that idea that you get some kind of a cop-out just because you feel like it. That's not spiritual. That's malarkey. We're going to get over that idea. And in the same way, it doesn't make you spiritual if you let yourself be a doormat. That's not the lesson. Noah does not ignore the rain. And not everybody gets in the boat. You get to decide what gets in your heart, what you want to reproduce in your life. And that's what Noah does. Don't ignore the rain uh, under the guise of positivity, right? So, okay, they're all in the boat. You know the story. It rains and rains for 40 daisies, daisies, and all of that. And uh, all of these things happen, and the whole world is underwater. 15 cubits higher than the mountain and all of that. You've read the book. Then after a while, because Noah walks with God, he can pick up on the signals. This is important. He recognizes that it's time. No alarm goes off. And Noah sends out a bird, right? You know this part of the story. But you might not remember, because this doesn't get covered in the song or in Sunday school very often, the dove is not the first bird. The first bird that Noah sends out is a raven. And then he sends out a dove. This is really important. This is the beginning of that deeper meaning that I was hinting at a minute ago. This is a very, very big deal. It's not because Noah's an Edgar Allan Poe fan or anything like that. There's something going on here that really bears attention. First, the raven goes out. Remember, this is a story about you and your cleansing process. And so the first thing you have to send out is your raven. Okay, so what's a raven? Remember with me that that raven idea is something that Jesus talks about later. This is in... Uh, this is in Luke chapter 12, verse 24. Jesus says, Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor do they reap. Sound familiar now? They have no storeroom nor barn, and yet God feeds them. In other words, be like that, Jesus is saying. Be like the ravens who are in the now. They're not worried about what's going to happen next. They are free from intention. But also going back a little bit, um, it's interesting that ravens, according to Leviticus 11.15 and Deuteronomy 14.14, 14, ravens are forbidden as food. Why is that important? It's not just that Noah threw the bird out because he couldn't eat it. This is about the idea that ravens aren't for food, so it's not about what they can do for you. It's not about what they will be. They're not a product. Ravens don't worry about past, present, and future issues. The raven is the sign of eternal now. This is a story about the now. In other words, if you want to get done with your cleansing process, you have to release your now. And that's the secret meaning that a lot of people don't think about. The first thing that happens is he releases his now. Noah releases that raven. The idea of, you know what, I'm, I don't have to worry about what's going to happen next because God's got that. I'm here to be here because God put me here. It's not complicated, but it can be hard sometimes. And after the now is released, 
then Noah releases the dove. Now, you're probably more comfortable with this. That's the part that people remember. The dove flies out a couple times and then comes back with an olive branch. You know, that kind of a thing. There's this idea. And, and we think about in the Christian tradition, doves are often associated with peace. And an olive branch is also a symbol of peace. I extended the olive branch. I want to make a peaceful gesture. You've heard that before. And that's valid. Once you release your now, then you can release your peace. And that's really good. I like that. That works. But there's a deeper meaning. Because remember, Noah, not a Christian. This is a Jewish tradition. This is an Old Testament story and, and all of that. So there's something we can also think about that's a little bit uh, more specific than that dove as a symbol of peace. In the Hebrew tradition, the dove is a symbol of spirit. And in fact, remember, even in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. The idea is that dove is a symbol of a spiritual connection. In other words, you're trying to get some spiritual uh, understanding or meaning. First, release your idea that it has to happen in the future, that you're going to get something out of it. You can't use affirmations to manifest a Buick. That's not what they're for. That's not what the power of God is for. It's not about what's going to happen. Release your now, and then you can experience this spiritual outpicturing. You can release the dove. And the dove comes back with an with olive loaf, remember? No, the dove comes back with an olive branch, and that doesn't just mean peace. In the Hebrew tradition, remember, olives, not especially tasty if you're like sweet things. Have you ever tried to give an olive to a child, for example? I still don't do olives for, for very similar reasons. In the Hebrew tradition, and we're in the Hebrew tradition right now talking about this Hebrew tradition story, the olive is a symbol of preference for the bitter food rather than the sweet food. It represents a preference for something that takes work rather than something that is immediately gratifying. It has to do with the olive as a symbol of service of God, service of something bigger versus service of your ego. So here's the pattern all the way at the beginning. Sometimes life requires a cleansing. If you walk with God, if you put God first, you'll get the message the easy way instead of the hard way. And that message is to listen for God's plan. And God's plan involves taking what you want to reproduce in your life and leaving the rest to be cleansed, not trying to cleanse it. And you'll go through your cleansing process over and over again in life. You will. And you'll be done with that process when you can release your idea of what's going to happen next. When you can release then your dove, the idea that, you know what, this is a spiritual moment. This thing that I'm doing is a spiritual thing. And what you'll get back is you have more work to do, but it is a blessed work. And the waters subside and the boat lands on Mount Ararat and all of that stuff. We're back to the song. What's Noah do when he gets out of the boat? What's the first thing? Don't jump ahead to the rainbow part. The first thing that Noah does when he gets off the boat is he builds an altar. In other words, Noah is cool. <laughs> Noah is Noah because he never forgets that this is God business. That's what walking with God means. The first thing that Noah does is he makes his covenant with God and then experiences God's covenant with him. Don't skip to the rainbow. You've got to make your covenant. And then there's that part. This is a story about openness and peace versus ego and intention. 
This is really interesting because Eden is a story about physical duality and separation. This is a story about the separation of intention, of a spiritual separation. In other words, uh, Adam and Eve are about forgetting that God is there physically, that you're in the presence of spirit. And the Noah story is to do with remembering that, that this is not about when God is going to show up or what God's going to do for me, but this is about being in the moment with God. Noah lands and he makes his altar, he makes his covenant, and then God makes his covenant with Noah. And you can find this in Genesis 9, 6 through 7. A little bit about, there's more, but this is the essence of the covenant. It's interesting because the covenant is not about some kind of intervening hand. God says, I'm not going to just scoop stuff up. That's not how this works. That's not what I do. This is about rather a natural balance. Look at the words of Genesis 9, 6 through 7. Whoever sheds human blood, by man his blood shall be shed. I'll say that again. Whoever sheds human blood, by man his blood shall be shed. What you do, you're going to get back. For in the image of God he made mankind. So in other words, you're made in the image and after the likeness of God. What you do, you're going to experience. You don't need somebody to show up and, and clobber the bad guys. When you have a bad idea and you have a bad experience, you can choose to have another bad idea, which will give you another bad experience. This is a self-clobbering phenomenon, but it's also a self-blessing phenomenon. If you change your mind, if you walk with God, if you do the things that we're talking about here. And so finally, the last line. As for you, be fruitful and multiply. Populate the earth abundantly and multiply in it. In other words, do what's yours to do. You're not just here to take care. That was an Adam and Eve thing. You're also here to make more, to experience this multiplication of life. Because you know now, just like I do, that one loving gesture leads not just to one experience, but an endless multitude. Oh, one good idea can wash over the face of the earth and change everything for everybody. Think what you could do next. Yeah, it's a story about how after the rainstorm, there's that rainbow, and that's God reminding you that, you know what, the universe takes care of its own. You can learn the easy way or the hard way, but one way or the other, I acknowledge you. So be acknowledged. Be blessed. Walk with God. Be fruitful. And most of all, be free. Because after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you. I want to thank you so much for all of the questions and comments that come in. I'm really looking forward to hearing what you have to say about this. I think we dug a little bit deeper than people normally do in Sunday school, and there's a lot more to be said yet. I can't wait to talk to you about what's going to happen next week. There's great stuff. But in the meantime, I want to thank you for all of your love and support. Thank you, as always, for sharing these videos. It's so important. It only takes you a minute, but it can change everything for us. Thank you for liking and subscribing, and once again, for sharing. Thank you for supporting this ministry. We're counting on you to do that, and you can do that by going to donate.waterandstonechurch.com. Let's bless those offerings and hold them in our minds and our hearts as we share our offertory blessing together. God is my source, my unending supply. With this gift, I carry my gratitude into action. God's blessings flow through me and fill my world. I give and I live with radical joy. Amen. 
And I want to remind you that wherever you are, you're not alone. We're working through this stuff together. We're in this life, in this world, in this moment together. And so as one family, let's share our blessing together. God, I'm ready for change. My heart is open. I'm not afraid anymore. My life is in peace and on purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Now go show the world what love looks like today. I'll see you next week. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the lesson and hopefully for taking some time to apply what we talked about in your life. That's where this really happens. I love the idea that church isn't something that happens to you, but rather something that happens through you. What you do based on what you've heard can change your life and really change the world. This is just the beginning of a bigger journey. And if you want to continue your journey with us, I'd love for you to like and subscribe us on YouTube where you can watch the videos. Come join us in person, our street address, and all kinds of information is at our website, waterandstonechurch.com. All of that sort of thing. If you want to give electronically, that's where to do it. If you want to connect with us on social media, and you really should do that there, waterandstonechurch.com. Thank you for being a part of this work.